0: mom is a teacher and a mom is a disciplinarian. Moms are cleaning ladies. Some moms are gardeners. Some moms even mow the yard. Moms are nurses. Moms are doctors. Moms are psychologists. Moms are counselors. Moms are coaches. Moms are chauffeurs. Moms are developers of personalities, molders of vocabularies, shapers of attitudes. Mothers have soft voices saying, I love you. And a mom is usually the first link to God. A mom is a child's first impression, usually, of God's love. And moms are these and so much more. There's a story told that I found I want to read to you. Not real, obviously. But it sort of brings to mind to me what I want to talk about today. It goes like this. It talks about God in the act of creating mothers. An angel said to him, Lord, you are spending a lot of time on this one. The Lord turned and said, have you read the specs on this model? She's supposed to be completely washable, but not plastic. She's to have 180 moving parts, all of them replaceable. She's to have the kiss that will heal everything from a broken leg to a broken heart. She's to have a lap that will disappear whenever she stands up. She's to be able to function on black coffee and leftovers. And she's supposed to have six pairs of hands. Six pairs of hands, said the angel, that's impossible. Oh, it's not the six pairs of hands that bother me, said the Lord. It's the three pairs of eyes. She's supposed to have one pair that sees through closed doors so that whenever she says, What are you kids doing in there? She already knows. She has another pair in the back of her head to see all the things she is not supposed to see but must see. And then she has one pair right in front that can look at a child that just messed up, just goofed up, and communicate love and understanding without saying one word. That's too much, said the angel. You can't put that much in one model. Why don't you rest for a while and take a break? No, I can't, said the Lord. I'm close to creating someone very much like myself. I've already come up with a model who can heal herself when she is sick who can feed a family of six with one pound of hamburger, who can persuade a six-year-old to take a shower. Then the angel looked at the model of motherhood, looked very closely and said, She's too soft. Oh, but she's tough, said the Lord. You'd be surprised how much this mother can do. Can she think, asked the angel. Not only can she think, said the Lord, but she can reason and compromise And persuade. Then the angel reached over and touched her cheek. Uh oh, this one has a leak. I told you that you couldn't put that watch in one model, but the Lord said, That's not a leak, that's a tear. What's a tear for? asked the angel. Well, it's for joy, and for sadness, and for sorrow, and for disappointment. And for pride. I love that story. Because that's a mom. And I'm so thankful that our country. And other countries. Have set aside a day. To recognize moms. This morning we can look at. Several moms from the Bible. We can look at Eve. The mother of all living. We can look at Sarah. The mother of nations. We can look at Jochebed. Who who sacrificed greatly. Who made a decision. That is. That is. I don't know if we could have made it, but she made a decision, and look what it did. We can look at Hannah from 1 Samuel and the sacrifice. She just wanted to be a mom so bad. When she finally became a mom, made that ultimate sacrifice. We can look at the one who stood at the cross and watched her son's body go limp. We can look at Lois and Eunice. There's a lot of things we can look at. But this morning I want to look at one from Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. So you can turn there at this time. Matthew chapter 20. She's not always used for Mother's Day and so forth because she sometimes comes across as rather, well, presumptuous, brash, bold. But I think there's some positive things we can look at from this story, and from this mom in Scripture. So let's look at Matthew chapter 20, beginning with verse 20. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him, from Jesus. And he said to her, What do you wish? She said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on the left, in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, We are able. So he said to them, You will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with, but to sit on my right hand or my left is not mine to give. It is for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. So let's look at these verses and break this down. Let's look at Mrs. Sebedee, the mom of James and John. Mrs. Sebedee was aware of the teachings of Jesus. All right She knew about them. She had heard them. She was also aware of the fact that her two sons, James and John, were very, very, very close to the Lord. matter of fact, as scholars call the inner three, along with Peter. So they had a very close relationship, two-thirds of that inner circle. So she was certain that the Lord formed his kingdom, or when he formed his kingdom, there would be certain positions in that kingdom for those closest to him, to Jesus. But in the first part of Matthew chapter 20, something must have been said that really maybe startled her and maybe prompted her to go to Jesus And ask this question. If you look at the first part of chapter 20, Matthew chapter 20, you have a uh, landowner who has gone out and he's hiring laborers, day laborers, hired hands. And he hires somebody early in the morning, finds some people and hires them. A few hours later, he hires them. A few hours later, he hires some more. A few hours later, it goes on to the end of the day. Well, he had set on a certain price at the beginning of the day. And at the end of the day, as all the laborers come together, he he paid all of them the same price. And it was confusing to some people because they were asking, wait a minute, we worked longer than some of these people. Should we not get more money? I'm just wondering, did this prompt Mrs. Sebedee to come to Jesus thinking, well, will my sons really have a prominent place in the kingdom? So, sure enough, when the opportunity presented itself, she came to the Lord. And Matthew says she bowed down to him, very respectful it seems like, and asked and requested, when you establish your kingdom, I request seats for my sons, one on your right, one on your left. And again, we might criticize her for the boldness of coming to the Lord and asking this. Again, very presumptuous on her part, but this is Mother's Day. Let's try to find something positive about this. And I think we can as we look at her and the stories that she has to tell. We need to recognize that Jesus did not grant her a request, but he didn't deny it either. He just said, well, you don't know what you're asking, but there's a cost to sitting on my right and my left. Understand that first. And secondly, that's not mine to give. That's the Father's to give. So let's look at some lessons maybe from from her life and some of the things that she said and how Jesus responded to it. She came to the Lord, first of all. First thing, she's asking. She's requesting a place in the kingdom for her sons, for her children, in the kingdom of God. There's a lot of things we can do for our kids, a lot of things. We try to help them out in all kinds of ways, I can't think of anything more important. A more important task than to make sure we have our kids on the path to the kingdom. Whether we're talking about the church, whether we're talking about the heaven, to make sure our kids are on that path to be in the kingdom of God. Now, I understand mrs. is probably thinking earthly kingdom, but we're talking on a spiritual realm. Making sure our kids are on that path. You know, moms pray. I know they do. Sometimes they pray out of necessity. Sometimes they pray because motherhood is just difficult. It's very hard being a mom. Sometimes mothers pray just out of frustration. Sometimes moms pray because it's hard to communicate to our kids sometimes. It's not easy being a mom and being a dad. It's not easy being a parent. And those of us who are parents, we know that. Sometimes it's filled with joy. Sometimes it's filled with Sadness. Sometimes our kids bring so much joy, we just burst. And other times there's not enough tissue in the box to dry the tears. So it's hard. But you keep trying. And we keep remembering as moms and dads the first and primary priority, putting our kids on the right path to heaven. And to make sure they understand the church and being added to the church. What good is it if our children are successful in making a lot of money, get a college degree, buy a nice car, live in a nice neighborhood, but they don't know God and they're not a Christian and they're not faithful to the Lord? What good is it? Or as Jesus might say, what does it matter if they gain the whole world and their soul is damned and their soul is lost? Being a parent is not easy. It's difficult. But Mrs. Sebedee gives us a great and valuable example. She wanted her sons in the kingdom. And that should be our mindset also as parents. We need the same concern for our children. And I hope this morning that our hearts are touched as moms and dads to make sure we're doing everything we can to make sure our kids are on that path. Secondly, Mrs. Sebedee, I think it's inferred in this, she wanted her sons to be a part of the kingdom, but she wanted them to be an active participant in it. Be on your right and on your left, Lord. That's what I request. To be involved intimately in the kingdom. Is it enough just to be saved? We want to be saved. I mean, you're not going to go to heaven, obviously, unless you've obeyed the gospel, unless you are a Christian. The Bible clearly teaches that. But is that enough? Is it enough just to be saved? You know, churches are full of people on this first day of the week who's content to just fill the pew. There's plenty of people who sit back and receive the blessings from what church workers do but don't really lift a finger to do anything. Seldom get involved in doing anything for the work of the church, for the work in the kingdom. Well, how do we teach service? How does one get service? How does one learn how to work in the kingdom? I say it starts at home. I say it starts with mom and dad, especially a lot of times mom. But that's where service begins. It begins at homes, with moms and dads praying, and setting the great examples that we need to set for our sons and our daughters to get involved, to want to be involved in the work of the kingdom. I saw a great example of that yesterday, if I may just give a commentary. We knocked doors yesterday for the West Riverside Church here in town, and I saw two wonderful examples of parents being that uh, lead that they need to be. And there's a lot of parents who do that anyway. I just want to brag. I might embarrass them, but they'll forgive me, I'm sure. Lori Snow comes with an Aaron and an I wouldn't even think about it in this lesson. But as I got to going through this lesson, I'm thinking, that's it. There's my example. There's my commentary for the second part of my sermon. Comes in with her daughters, ready to go knock doors. But the great example of yesterday was three generations there ready to go. We had Doris and Marva Hughes. Doris preaches at West Riverside, who had Alan and Glenda there with Caleb. Three generations passing that work down. No doubt they've instilled in Alan that work ethic, and then Alan's doing it and Glenda for Caleb. It's not enough, in my estimation of Scripture study, to just become a Christian and then that's, it's over. We have to be active participants as moms and dads ourselves for our kids want to have that ethic, work ethic of being in the service to the Lord. Mrs. Sebedee wanted that, I believe. She wanted them to be not only in the kingdom, but active participants. A third thing I want to look at. When we think about Mrs. Sebedee, and I see this a lot in teaching, have parents come, and they have expectations. What are your expectations for your kids? Moms and dads, how high are you setting your expectation? What is your expectation? Now, I'm sure we have worldly goals, goals, excuse me, <clears throat> and, and spiritual goals, at least I hope we do. What are they? How high are we aiming for our kids? What is the goal? I think Mississippi had big expectations. And again, I think this is maybe where the the brashness comes in that she's uh, sometimes given. The presumptuousness. but We're trying to be positive here. I sort of like that. I'm sort of glad that she had these high expectations for her sons. She didn't just want her kids, her two sons, in the kingdom to be watching the gate. Not a thing wrong with that. You can be a faithful Christian and do the task that nobody really knows about. All right? God knows. But where's our expectations for our kids in the kingdom? Really, it should be the same expectations that we have for ourselves if we're trying to pass on a great example. She wanted her sons to be on the right hand and the left hand of the king. There's no higher positions in the kingdom than the king, except for the one on the right and on the left. And that's what she was asking. I sort of admire that boldness in her. To set that goal of expectation for her sons. Seems to me sometimes we settle for mediocrity. Seems sometimes we're, we're just too content in what we're doing, just barely making it through the door on time. And that's our, that's our church. That's our faith. That's our Christianity. I think we've been content too long. And we sit back and want other people to do things. Maybe we should set our expectations higher. I see parents all the time, not only in this congregation, but at school, set high expectations for their kids academically. And they'll come in and talk to us. And I think, yeah, that kid could probably be doing a lot better. You should set those expectations high. And there's some parents come in it's like, I want my, my expectation up of here. And I'm like, well, I'm not quite saying that. I don't say that. But I don't know. But I still admire the fact that a parent's willing to do that, to set that expectation high. We see it all the time on the sports fields, in, in baseball, softball, basketball, football. We set these expe- expectations where I want you to be the, get that scholarship, that athletic scholarship. We set this train and work. Why are we not doing that in the kingdom? Why are we not setting the expectations high to be the best Christian that you can be? To learn to be a Bible teacher. To learn to be an elder or elder's wife or a deacon or a deacon's wife. To be a preacher or a preacher's wife. To set those expectations high. If we set them that high in the worldly realm, isn't the spiritual realm more important? I think you know it is. I think it's time for us to take our own positions on the right, and on the left. It's time for us to strive for excellence in everything we're doing to reach for the very best there is, spiritually speaking. The Lord calls us to be His disciples and to be effective laborers in the kingdom. He said, take up your cross and follow me. And that's not easy. And that's a high expectation if you think about it. Jesus saying, take up your cross and follow me. Deny everything else, put everything else out of your mind, and follow me. Where's our expectations? I mean, our story we began with about God creating a mother. He said, I am close to creating something very much like myself. And I suppose that's why this day is very special. It is a special day. Again, I'm glad. Now, I put our government down a lot. I know I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I get a little frustrated. But sometimes our government does good things. In 1914, Woodrow Wilson set aside the second Monday of May to commemorate moms. And that's a good thing. We recognize that a mother's love is probably the closest example we have to God's love. I'm not saying dads don't love. I I, I watched my mom as a, as a kid and my dad and I know they loved me. But my mom showed it in told me i watched charlotte with our kids and i loved you know i love taryn and emma but it's different when i watch her and i can't i don't know if i'd even explain it it's just a mom's love to me is the closest thing to god's love we can see on this earth it's a love that goes through the valley of the shadow of death to bring life into existence is a love that sacrifices itself over and over and over again and even dare to lay down its life for its offspring. And that's another lesson. I think Mrs. Sebedee loved, loved her sons. And she wanted the best for them. Yes, she set some high expectations. She wanted them in the kingdom. But I think she did it out of love. I really do. She loved her sons. There's a story told from World War II. It's a true story. And I love studying the World War II as a history major. And this story could be told hundreds yet thousands of times over again because there's true stories of the Nazi regime, of the Holocaust, and, and what uh, you know over 5 million Jews went through to their death. But well, there's a story of Solomon Rosenberg who was taken to a labor camp with his wife, his two sons, his mom and dad. And a labor camp is something where as long as you could work, you stayed alive. The moment you got to the point where you could not work anymore, then your life was exterminated. It wasn't worth anything anymore to them. So they're working, and it it didn't take long. Actually, it didn't take long at all, just a day or two where Mr. Rosenberg saw his mom and dad marched off and never saw them again. They were marched off to their death. Well, he was going out to work and coming back. They were all separated, going out to work, coming back. And every day they'd come in as he tells the story. And you can get online and read about it. As he tells the story, they would look for each other, find each other, cry, hug, and pray, and thank God they were still alive and still together. Till one day he comes in. and only his son is Joshua, huddled up in a corner, And says, Joshua, what's wrong? Where's David? See, David was frail. He couldn't work. He didn't take long where he could not work anymore. And they came and took him. They're going to march him off to, well, to a death camp. So Mr. Rosenberg said, where's Mama? Then where's she at? And he tells a story where Joshua said, the other son said, well, David just started crying and and screaming. It's the spiritual application that gets me. Little David started crying and screaming. and, And mom wasn't there because mom went over to him and grabbed his hand. Don't be afraid, David. It's okay. And walk with it. Both never be seen again. Now you think about, that's love. That's a love. I, I, I hope if I'm ever in that situation, I hope I'm not. But I hope I could do that. Now take it from that point, and now let's take it to a bigger realm. That's a big deal. Okay? That's a big deal. But now let's take it up A gazillion notches. You think about Jesus. You think about the love Jesus has for us. You think about how much He loved us and gave His life. You think about how you're distressed right now maybe and you're going through some bad times in your life right now. You're not a Christian. You think, I can't become a Christian. I'm not good enough. And it's Jesus who's lifting His hand down and saying, come on, don't be afraid. I'll walk with you. I'll carry you through it. And that's the bigger picture. That's what gets me when I think about this story of the Rosenbergs. Now that's motherhood too. That's mothers. How great moms are and for every mom here, God bless you. And I pray and hope right now that not just the Rosenberg story itself or the scriptures that we've read and studied, but that you understand that regardless of what's going on in your life, Jesus of Nazareth, Reaches down his hand and says, "Don't be afraid. Take my hand and walk with me, and it'll be all right. And you know what? Jesus will take you, just as you are. So if you have a need this morning, won't you come as we stand and sing?"